Hey, I'm Colleen Clinkenbeard, and I play Monkey D. Luffy, and you are listening to Chronicles of the Lost Realm. Bum, bum, bum. With us and join the crew on an epic adventure of thrills, chills, and kills. Together, you will explore death, heroes, and the abyss. Sometimes we do not make it to a happy afterlife. Listen as our heroes rise up and do what many cannot. Here on the Chronicles of the Lost Realm spin-off show, Four Corners of Hell. I guess it'll tell me when it's recording, actually. Yep, there we go. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the debut episode of Four Corners of Hell, a Chron- Chronicles of the Lost Realm exclusive. I am your unfortunate DM for the night, and I'm going to use air quotes on that DM. Uh, my name is Christopher Stolle, and uh, I normally play the character of Ferrante Thonalis, and as you can tell, I am not a black elf. Um... Joining me tonight is the Chronicler, but tonight he's going to be known as Lemmy Stormkiller, Mr. Ray Rumsey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the shit show. <laughs> and joining us as well is the uh, mage with the drinking problem, otherwise known as, oh my god, I'm brain farting the name. Melwood Appelfenor. Come on, man. Mailwood, thank you. Mail. I knew it was like mailwood. I think you've had a weed nip already, haven't you? I have to. And of course, also joining us in the shadows—that's why her camera is not working—is uh, Valhanna. I don't know her last name. The envoy of the Raven Queen, played by Katie. Kate, how you doing? I'm here. She's here. I'm trying to keep the dogs quiet. <laughs> All right, let me explain what's going on here, guys. Uh, this is going to be an offshoot of Chronicles of the Lost Realm. I am playing uh, the part of the storyteller. I'm going to call myself the storyteller because of the fact that I am not a DM. A lot of uh, uh, leverage, uh, leverage is going to be played in here. It's going to be very loosey-goosey because I am not a DM. I don't have the rules, rule books in front of me, nor do I have... Un- unequivocal knowledge of the ruling systems of five edition, uh, fifth edition. The last time I even attempted a DM was second edition. And as you guys know, shit has changed since then. So bear with us. It's more about the story than the game mechanics with <laughs> that. With that being said, let's jump into hell. Ladies and gentlemen, it is morning daybreak in the, uh, Refresh my memory, Ray. What's the name of the uh, the, the, the inn tavern in Varesh? Uh, the Busty Gull. Okay. It is morning in the Busty Gull. Um, you start hearing people stirring around. Uh, Valhana, you awake. Slightly groggy from uh, the adventure before dealing with the giants. Still feeling the effects of that rock that... Uh, Really gave you a a what for the night before. So you're waking up a little sore. And at the foot of your bed, you see a black, large raven just staring at you. 
I lean up and I'm going to pet it. What's that? I'm going to pet the raven. The raven moves from your from your uh, attempted embrace and gives you a almost hurt look like it, it, it offended its dignity, ruffling <laughs> its feathers and popping out its chest and giving you a stern look. All of a sudden it says to you, you have been summoned. And with that, it disappears in a poof of feathers. (laughs) Melwood, you wake up, you roll over out of your bed, a whole bunch of bottles and and wooden uh, tankards just fall from your covers. So does a little halfling wench that was serving you the drinks because she just kind of fell asleep on the bed with you drinking. <laughs> Top of the morning. <laughs> or the bottom, as you may like. Oh, I, I, I'm so sorry. I, I, I'll clean this up right away. Um, as you see the halfling just scurrying around trying to clean up what she can, at your window you see a very large, dark pitch black raven staring at you. Yes. (laughs) You have been summoned. And again, with that and a poof of feathers, gone. All right. Looks like I'm going to be heading over to see the queen. (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh at this at this time you guys are obviously getting dressed getting ready to check out of the room are you gonna let the rest of the group know what's going on or are you gonna uh just go meet down uh or just head out whatever you're gonna do well i'll have a quick bite of breakfast okay so you head down to the common room area uh the bartender lady that is there today uh this morning gives you a bright cheery smile says good morning to you good sir yeah i hope you slept well i slept (laughs) well that's always a good thing will you be dining alone this uh this morning Uh, i look around am i the only one down there you see a couple people that you don't necessarily recognize most of your crew has not come down yet uh, yeah, it looks like the crew hasn't shown, so I'll be having a little bit bite of my own. And what will you have this morning? Standard Irish breakfast. Potatoes it is. <laughs> Potatoes, eggs, <laughs> beans, Sprite tomato. <laughs> and a tankard of dark ale to wash it all down? At least one. At least one. <laughs> right away, sir. You go ahead and find yourself a seat, and I will bring it over to you. So she shuffles off into the kitchen to, to handle your order, uh, tells the halfling, I don't know where you've been all night, but hurry up and get this man a, a mug of ale. <laughs> and bustles <laughs> off into the kitchen. As such, back to Valhana, you are in your room getting dressed. What do you do? Go downstairs to join him. Okay, so you pop down the stairs. You see uh, Melwood sitting at a table with a dark uh, a dark brew in his hand, waiting for his breakfast. You go over to him. 
at this point. Did you ever see a One more time. You, you, you're not coming in that, that, cl- that clear. Maybe you'd have to get a little closer to the mic. Yeah, his mic is really weird. Uh, a lot closer to the mic. Because <laughs> I'm still not here. Just don't deep throat it. Oh. So I woke up to a crow in my room. Did you? You know, I'm still not hearing her. This she, a- <laughs> she asked if you, uh, if you woke up to a raven this morning. Well, I guess that's out of the bag. Yes. <laughs> All right. So you both know that you, well, you know that she woke up to a raven this morning. She now knows that you did too. Uh, uh, she's, uh, she is muted for whatever reason. So oh, she's probably, no problem. She's probably working on the mic issue while she's doing that. Essentially, all of a sudden, you guys hear the door open to the inn, and the most beautiful male elf that you have ever seen, dressed in sky blue silks, comes walking in. Legolas? <laughs> I said male elf. <laughs> um, he walks over to your guys' table and bows very, very uh, distinguishedly to each of you and says I do apologize for the inconvenience of the rush but the queen needs to speak with you in utmost haste I have come to fetch you I'll take mine to go (laughs) (laughs) wrap it in a burrito and hand it here (laughs) they take a giant tortilla and just mash it all together into (laughs) one giant wrap and then put it in a little doggy bag for you well, it better be a large doggy bag for me. <laughs> it's a bag of holding. Yet. It's a uh, bag of holding. It's about the size oh. of a coin. Well, we should be eating here every day and getting these. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you guys follow the elf out? Yes, I will say yes for both of us if we're not hearing Katie yet. Okay. Or Valhalla. Yeah, she, she slinks, slinks out behind, as she said. All right, so you guys come across... Uh, the common area out the front door down the stairs and you see a carriage being drawn by elk uh for elk to be exact it's an open air carriage so uh no no canopy no nothing like that and the elf opens the side door and gestures for both of you to join him in into the carriage once you both are seated he closes the door hops onto the front driver's uh area of it grabs the reins and gently uh, gets the elks to start moving forward. About a hundred feet, all of a sudden you see, well, both of you give me a perception roll. Dun, dun, dun. Dramatic I'm music. Off- I'm offering a, uh, uh, the first roll of the game. <laughs> <laughs> what do thine eyes perceive? Yes, what do you, what do you guys see? As soon as I see a roll come in. Right. Oh, there we go. Here comes Katie's. Oh, she sees it. And Joe. Ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> I'm, still wa- I'm still waiting for it to show up on my screen here. So hold on. 
<laughs> you can kill the suspense and just tell me. <laughs> well, it's it's taken a while. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try it one more time. Wow. Technical difficulties all around. <laughs> what happens when a nervous new DM plays the game? <laughs> It's going pretty well so far, I'd say. I mean, technical difficulties aside. Yeah, I've keyed it in three times, and it's not wanting me to roll. Yeah, I yeah, keep that. saying twenty plus d twenty plus four, but it's not giving anything to it. But you yep, know what? Not giving me an answer. You got a d twenty with you? Not right in my hands area. If you give me a moment, I can go get one. All right, <laughs> bear with us, guys. I do apologize for this. We can we can go on the honor system as necessary. If uh, <laughs> if uh, MRPG wants to be temperamental this morning, yeah. this morning this morning it's eight o'clock at night. <laughs> it's morning in the game. It's morning that, in the game. That counts, right? <laughs> it counts for me. Uh, I'll go with it. Oh wait, you know what? I think okay. Yeah, so your show. I, it must have been something with him. Well, I think the problem is um, if you look, uh, Katie's roll has the six-sided die in front of the D20 part, and then mine does as well. I think Joe is just typing it in. Oh, okay. Well, once he comes back, we will inform him of that discrepancy. <laughs> I mean, if he did the slash slash thing, I can't tell, but from... For me, I just click the die. For anybody that uses MRPG or is looking for a chat, like a collective chat room for internet purposes like this, we use MRPG. It's a phone app. Um, and if you click the dice, the six-sided die picture, it brings up like a dice roller, and you can just hit like... Technical difficulties know, abound. See. see how this oh. looks? If you well, just right. hit the 20 and then you can put plus or minus and then hit the number and hit roll and it, it does it does it all for you. All right. So uh, we'll let you go ahead and just roll it uh, dice wise. But, um, actually, um, I'm looking for one still. My my uh, die box is not in its normal location. Oh, Lord. Oh. Well, for the purposes of the story, to so keep the story Katie moving. Katie can roll it for me. Yeah, for the purposes, Katie, you want to roll his uh, perception for him while he's looking? <laughs> you know it's a d20 plus four. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he said it three times. Or we could even have Ray roll it for him. Doesn't matter which one. <laughs> I don't know. I rolled two ones in a row tonight. This is not. This is not good. Yeah. Uh, I'll. I can. I'll roll it. Hold on. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, for some reason I put it in and it's not. That's good enough for me. All right, so you both be, are able to notice uh, before you the distortion in the uh, scenery ahead of you uh, as it starts counterclockwise spinning and ripping a hole through time and space. And we found a 20-sided die. <laughs> so we're all good to go for the people that are uh, listening on the audio formats of this game. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we achieved a die. So in a counterclockwise motion, we're seeing uh, the scenes of the street and people just beginning to start their day and, you know, 
the blue sky and the sun starting to rise, just start distorting and spinning counterclockwise and open into a giant rift into a dark forest, uh, very, very heavily wooded. And of course, uh, standing at the other side of that in the forest and the other side of that rift is the Raven queen and her, uh, entourage of bodyguards. So the cart, uh, motions forward into the rift and stops as soon as it crosses the threshold, the rift closes behind and you guys are now before the Raven queen. Milady. She says, Oh, I do apologize. I really didn't want to bother you so, in so early of the time, but unfortunately, something very dramatic has been happening that could change the very fabric of existence in today within the Lost Realm and all the subsequent well, realms beyond it. I can entrust no one else but you two in this task. Will you hear my words? Of course. Always. Oh, it's so entertaining when you two show up. <laughs> I can entrust no one else with this, but there are sequences of events that have taken place that have caused all to be as it is within our current thread and timeline. Those events must never be changed in the past, for if they are, it would change the very fabric of the future. Everything we know, everything that is, would be undone. It could be for the better, but more than likely it will not. So, what I need of you is I need you to go on a quest into the past to stop this from occurring. To stop the changing of our history which will destroy the fabric of the present. Will you undertake this? My order's orders. You could call upon us at any time. Anything for my queen. Please understand, I am not giving you an order. This is purely voluntary. I just, as I said, I trust no one else with this. I am honored. Honored. (laughs) Very well. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, I so, don't have much information. Is, Sorry. Uh, you know, out of gameplay for a moment, is she a queen or a queen? <laughs> <laughs> little of column A, little of column B, because I'm terrible at female voices, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the attitude. But okay, I just want to make sure. Okay. We're back. <laughs> I don't have much information to be able to go on for you, but I can tell you that you will be sent back into one of the realms known as Kryn. And in this realm, you will meet a fallen hero and a hero in his own mind. It is imperative that you get them to join your quest, especially the fallen hero, for he will be one who could be the key to helping in your quest. I know not more than that, but I can also tell you that you must seek out a very eccentric wizard. His family is well known through multiple realms. Seek out 
the Harpels. And they will be able to point you in the direction of where you must go. And you must do this quickly, for time is of the essence. Things are, <laughs> things are already in motion that cannot be put out of motion once they are cemented into our history. Well, let's go. With that, okay. she, she steps back. She pulls out a little uh, thing out of a pouch hidden underneath her silken dress, mm-hmm. mutters some words of magic, and rips open a rift right before you guys. And through that rift, you see a beautiful landscape with a uh, waterfall and dragged, uh, jagged rocket ledges that the waterfall is uh, cascading on. Uh beautiful little lake area kind of a rainbow and the most strange looking creatures you've ever seen frolicking through the uh, waterscape they are the basically they look like from the front half to be little Clydesdale pony horses but the back have the flattened amphibious uh, look of frogs and they're just jumping around in the water, like literally hopping around in the water. This is the scene you're seeing literally through the rift. Oh, that's going to be a rough ride. <laughs> <laughs> Step through. I you both. Through. All right. So as you both go through, you realize that. The sun is blazing. It's about noon, uh, noon time, and these puddle jumpers don't even react to your presence. They're just happily going along. And uh, give me another perception check as you're look- checking out the landscape. Yeah, mm, she'll be first. <laughs> <laughs> Still trying to get that breakfast beer down. I get it. <laughs> Oh, Kate, well, we Kate, tied. <laughs> Kate, we got to talk about that plus nine. <laughs> Not doing right. very well for me. All right. You guys have a uh, focus on the waterfall. And it may be a trick of the eyes, but you could almost swear that the water is traveling backwards. That instead of cascading down the, the cliff, it's actually rising up the cliff. I think y'all had too many breakfast beers. Can you go over and investigate it? Sure. Do you want me to roll investigation? Absolutely. Go ahead. She's like, oh, I only get a plus 12 to that. Actually, plus 11. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Maybe I should have made her create a new character. <laughs> wow. Well, that beats mine. That's impressive. All right. So as you get closer, you definitely notice that the water is traveling upwards. You also see fish swimming up the stream. Like there's no current in front of them, just lazily going along the stream like they were in a normal uh, horizontal lake. As you take a closer look, all of a sudden popping out in front of you is a pair of disembodied 
white dragon bone rim glasses. In the left lens is a strikingly blue eye, and in the right lens, a mouth, which happily greets you. Oh, it's been so long since we've had visitors. Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm okay. What's what's going on here? Well, welcome, welcome to the Harpel encampment. I'm so happy to see you. My name is Corbin. Please, please come up to the house. You will absolutely love it. It's just up the trail. Follow the follow the bridge. I'm gonna go and follow the trail. <laughs> you gotta, I'm gonna I'm gonna start checking my my history and Arcana memory to see Arcana to see if there's a uh, anything about the Harpels in there. Okay, uh, you know that they're uh, a very very eclectic uh, wizarding family. They do. A lot of uh, uh, Arcana experimentations, which is why they created the Puddle Jumpers, which are the frogs that, or the frog horses. They wanted a horse that could walk on water. And that's kind of the result of it. (laughs) Yuck. Okay. (laughs) The props, they're they're very very, uh, good-natured people, but they are... Essentially, the Adams family is the best way to describe the Harpels. <laughs> okay. And their, unfortunately, their eccentricness borders on ADD, such as Corbin's appearance before you guys. That is a spell that just didn't go right. He sounds like he should be in medicine. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, as you guys are walking up the trail, the glasses with the one eye and mouth are following and chatting along with you, talking about all the wondrous flowers that are th- uh, that you see uh, along the trail and the grass and you know the, uh, the the rainbow and how they created it uh, using uh, uh, unicorn poop and uh, just a whole bunch of. He's just chatting away. He's happy to have somebody to talk to. This pair of glasses and one blue eye and mouth. As you reach the house at the end of the, uh, the, the trail, you are greeted at the door by a tall, lanky person in bluish purple robes with moons and stars trimming down the, uh, the, the robes. And, of course, around the, uh, the, 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 the cuffs of the, of the sleeves. It has... One blue right eye, long brown hair that's kind of combed over because he's got he's balding up top, a very long pointed nose, and no left eye and no mouth. Just waving at you. Like uh like Eugene in WWE back in the day, like just big waves, like happy to see you, even though he's blinking out of one eye. And of course, <laughs> and of course, the glasses turn around and says, "Oh, there I am." <laughs> flies over, flies over, and the hands catch the glasses and puts them on. But before he does, he grabs the right, the the right lens and pulls off the mouth and puts it back on his face and slides the glasses on where the left eye finally pops back into place as well. Oh, that's ever so much better. 
If Welcome. you say so. <laughs> Welcome to Clan Hop Hell. How may I help you today? We are on behalf of the Raven Queen. Oh, lovely lady. Crazy as a bat, but wonderful, wonderful lady. What, uh, what, what does she bring you here for? I defer to my friend. <laughs> Come on, Kitty. The Raven Queen sends us here because there's been some problems in lifting where things are not going the way they need to supposed to be. Oh. Are, are there any abnormal things happening here? <laughs> Corbin just kind of looks around. Whatever do you mean? Seems pretty normal to me. Please, come in. Maybe my other guests will know something about it. Please, please, this way. You'll love them. They're, they're great. They're great. They're absolutely wonderful. As he walks you into the study, again, you see a whole bunch of knickknacks and, and just strange eclectic things uh, overhead. I mean, the room is huge. It's about uh, 50 feet high, foot high ceilings by like 80 foot wide. Like this is their study. And hanging in the middle of it is a dragon skeleton that looks down at the guests and meows. <laughs> and uh, just it, it, it kind of moves its head and it's meow. <laughs> you know. That's a pretty bad. How, how close does it move its head? Close enough it can give you a kiss if it wanted to. Oh, give it a scratch. It starts wagging its tail and knocking shell, uh, books off of the lo- tall bookshelves. And <laughs> Well, now that was unexpected. I was hoping for a purr. <laughs> <laughs> and as you walk in over dodging books, you see two figures dressed in plate armor. Ray, please describe your character to the uh, party that is walking in. Oh, man, you would do that, wouldn't you? Yes, I would. Um, second page. So, uh, standing there, kind of swaying a little bit under the, the influence of some form of alcohol, as he had many breakfast whiskeys himself, <laughs> um, is a uh, probably in his uh, late 30s, a man with blue eyes and dirty blonde hair that kind of comes down to his shoulders, almost touching the plate. Um, he's about six foot, a little over six foot tall. Um, just his his armor is uh, it isn't shining. It it looks like it's it's seen better days, and it has a large symbol of Torm, the god of courage, on the breastplate, but it's been, like, cut through with a with a sword, like, purposely mutilated. All and right. He just stands there, kind of eyeballing you. And next to him, being very chatty and talkative, is a two-and-a-half-foot, impish-looking, almost like a child elf standing in full, very shiny plate armor with a short sword strapped to his back as if it was a a hand-and-a-half bastard sword (laughs) and a homemade fashion shield that has a uh, crest on it 
in the resemblance of a walking stick with a pointed end at the bottom and at the top, a slingshot. Those that are from Kryn know these to be uh, this race to be known as the uh, the Kender race and that emblem to be their most signature weapon, the hoop pack. And he is genuinely not even noticing that you guys walked in yet. He is still chewing uh, Lemmy's ear off about like, I don't know about your God and why he left you, but I totally believe that if he were to meet me, he would totally love me because I am the hero that your God deserves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As, as Lemmy drinks another drink (laughs) and uh, Corbin kind of gives a <clears throat> I, I beg your pardon uh, sirs but we have more people here and I, I really think they may have some questions for you because they're searching into unusual happenings that uh, are paramount I believe was the word you used mm. uh, yes yes we'll go with paramount I'm I've never heard of that mountain before, but all right. Wow. As 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 uh, the Kender turns around and notices you two, uh, he automatically runs up to Val Val uh, Hannah. I keep wanting to say Valhalla, Val Hannah, <laughs> and just automatically starts shaking your hand like, "Oh wow, that this is wonderful. Can I can I see your sword?" Are you a hero too? By the way, I'm I'm Trap Spring. Trap Spring. Oh my God! What the hell was my character's last name? Wanderlust, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I believe. Wanderlust, yes. Uh, Trap Spring Wanderlust. I'm from Kendermore. I am the true hero knight of Kendermore. I'm so pleased to meet you. Who? What's your name? It's a pleasure to meet you too. My name is Valhanna Windmeadow. I'm here sent by the Raven. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Is she is she like a really big deal? Cause cause maybe she could use a hero like me. Oh, feckin' great. We found our heroes. <laughs> <laughs> she might need you. Do some of her assistance later, but Oh, wonderful. And he turns around to uh to Melwood and he goes, I knew a wizard just like you. How are you? And he starts shaking your hand. I'm Trap Spring uh, Wanderlust. Sir Trap Spring Wanderlust. I keep forgetting the sir. I'm a knight. Melwood Ep Belfinor Fianna. It's a pleasure to meet you. And where's the doctor when we need hand sanitizer? <laughs> As you look down at your hand, you realize one of your rings is missing. <laughs> and so people don't think I'm fucking around. That was the role. <laughs> I'll, I'll help you bury him out back <laughs> he could keep it it wasn't magical <laughs> <laughs> all right so anyway so so corbin turns around and says so please have a seat I, I'll, I'll order refreshments and we could have a discussion and find out what's going on and, and what we could do to help you as he uh orders over disembodied hands that all of a sudden start using a kind of elven sign language with Corbin to have a full-on conversation of what to bring, and then the hands just kind of float off. 
And when it comes back, it comes back with uh, some wine for the lady and for Melwood, some whiskey for Lemmy, yes. and a uh, sparkling water for the Kender because the hands don't believe he's old enough to drink. <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact as the hands hand down the water to to the kender and the kender's drinking it up and very being very thankful and it turns around to join the conversation behind him the hands kind of give a rude gesture <laughs> and float away so. oh, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting time so <laughs> so the uh Corbin turns around and says, now, what is so important that the Raven Queen would send you to, to Envoy here? And I've never gotten the opportunity to find out why you two were here, uh, Lemmy and, and Sir Wanderlust. So please, regale me with your tale. <laughs> I'm just looking for adventure and good whiskey. After Torm left, I had nothing left in my temple. It fell apart, and so off I went. Something drew me here. I'm not sure what. Huh. Very interesting. Very interesting. And, of course, the Kender kind of relays the exact same thing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just on the road trying to help people where I can. Wherever they need a hero, that's where I'll be because the world just does not have enough heroes. So can now, I could I get like three or four more of these whiskeys, please? You see the disembodied hands just like all of a sudden disappear, and when he comes back, when it comes back, not only does it have like shots in both hands, but it's being followed by about four more sets of disembodied <laughs> hands carrying them. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna offer them to Valhana and Melwood and be like, "You're gonna need these to deal with him." <laughs> I'll, I'll take one and give it a sniff <laughs> bottom shelf oh well beggars aren't choosers <laughs> I'm gonna take one and just shoot it back quietly as I'm shaking my head already <laughs> oh I didn't realize it was running around with the party girl good to know <laughs> so again the uh, the uh the Harpel turns around to, to you two and says, now tell me about this important mission that the Raven Queen has you on. Well, the first thing we're supposed to do is seek a couple of heroes. Well, a hero and a hero in his own mind. I think you qualify. The Kender nudges <laughs> Lemmy and says, the, the one in his own mind, they're talking about you. Right, sure they are. And Corbin says, okay, and, and why do you seek them out? Bahalan? Bahana? Well, the Raven Queen said that there's been some rift meddling going on, and it might be causing problems in our rift, so she sent us here to figure out what's going wrong to fix it. And if you're all confused, that's because it's time travel. Indeed. Oh, how fascinating! You're from the future, or the past. Well, obviously the future, because the past, it really wouldn't affect you, would it? That's the problem, is we're worried about the past affecting us. Hmm. I wonder 
The only thing I know that's going on. No, it couldn't be that. Could it? Would he? Would he be doing something he's not supposed to do? And who? who <laughs> you oh, owe me wait. a whiskey. <laughs> and and who? <laughs> the hands disappear and come back with more whiskeys. <laughs> uh, the Corbin seems lost in thought for a minute and says, "No." No, he's too honorable. He wouldn't do anything that would change the fabric of time and space. Elminster's a quack. Of course he would. <laughs> Not Elminst. I'm talking about my ranger friend. Oh, him too. What do you know of Nim Tectonalus? I pass out. <laughs> Apparently nothing. <laughs> Wonderlust turns around and says, I've heard of him. He's almost as big of a hero as I am. <laughs> Tell us his tale. He comes he comes from a uh, uh 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 and of course Corbin shuts up Trap Spring <clears throat> by showing him something shiny to which he's just you know, his kender instincts kick in and he's just looking at it. And Corbin deathly serious turns around and says he is from a guild known as Shadow's Dawn. He has traveled far and long. I have companioned with him on numerous occasions. No more honorable drow ranger has ever existed since the times of Nim Tekthonolis. Or excuse me, uh, Dritz Duarden. Too many fucking drows. Um, <laughs> but he has done something that I, that I felt to be rather rash, but even though that the quest is noble, I don't see it affecting the future. What was it that he did? He's traveling to the abyss to face Loth, the Spider Queen, and free the drow people from her, from her influence. Everybody's sounds like, well. it's, 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 that sounds a bit dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin gets up, turns around to a <clears throat> water basin, and quickly says, "Excuse me a moment." And he starts pulling spell components out of his pouch, and he's throwing it into the water, and he's speaking the spider language of uh, <clears throat> of magic. And again, surprisingly, for as eclectic as he'd known these uh, these harpels to be in this this world that he lives in, this is about as serious as you you guys have ever seen. Like, obviously, uh, Melwood and and Belhana, you just met him, but Lemmy and and the Kender have been around him for a good couple hours now. This is the most serious you've ever seen, Corbin. Like, he's not even making a mistake in the spell. <clears throat> All of a sudden, the water basin glows, turns sideways to where it could be seen as a mirror, and in the mirror is the Raven Queen. Forgive me for disturbing you, uh, your highness, but I've got to know. Your envoys are here with me now, and they were searching, searching out two heroes, which I believe they have found here in, in, in my study, but... Uh, this rift that they discuss it has nothing to do with Nim, does it? And she turns around and says, I'm afraid it does. Corbin says, did he succeed? 
She says, oh, yes, he succeeds. The problem is, is that they don't want him to. You need to make sure he does. And with that, she disappears. And Corbin falls into a chair in just the deepest thought he could have. Just just checked out of the conversation. What are you guys doing? Well, Melwood, I think it's time for an adventure. It might be a little bit dangerous, but sounds like fun. Let's go. I, I'm not carrying these two. Corbin, <laughs> Corbin looks up and he says, you're not going alone. No, we, we have these two to come with us. And you have me. I know the way to get to where Nim has gone. It will not be easy. As a matter of fact, I hesitate to even tell you how we would have to get there. There is only one gateway that I know of. And that is? To the west. (laughs) To, To the west where? You can tell me. We're friends. Near the, uh, the the Eye of the Needle Mountain, to the west, there is it a looks- cave, and inside the cave will be the entrance into the abyss itself. Well, I would bet a great hero like you could draw me a map of that. <laughs> Actually, if you wish a map, young master, um, excuse me, sir... Wonderlust would be perfect for it. He is a kender, after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's inherent in their race to be able to, to chart out and figure out new roads because they are wandering creatures. They never stay in one spot. He's probably been where we gotta go. Ah. <sighs> I say we hit on our way, Vahana, with them. We'll take them all. And uh, do you have any cotton? Cotton? Sure. And he pulls it out of thin air. <laughs> and I Just... take a couple of pieces of it and bundle it up and put it in my ears. And he says, there's not a second to lose. Come on. Come, come, come. I have a fast way to get us there. Follow along. As he walks by, he taps Lemmy on the head, and Lemmy wakes up refreshed and so... Oh, it was the whiskey. That never happened to me before. Come, come. We have an adventure to go. <laughs> oh, very well. <laughs> I'm following behind. So as, yeah. you guys, as you guys walk back outside of the house, uh, you see in, in the distance off to your left... A field of sheep, one of which has a very big bald spot on its left butt cheek. Ooh. Bad mojo. <laughs> <laughs> but sta- standing at the gates before you is, uh, how many are you? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five of you. Uh, you see five puddle jumpers packed to the brim with uh, food and supplies. Nice. And mounted for you. And Corbin says, these will get us where we need to go. 
How does one even ride one of these? You get in the saddle, just like a normal horse. <laughs> I feel like this is not going to ride like a normal horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have no idea. I'm going to grumble and get on the horse. Frog. Horse uh, frog. <laughs> all right, so everybody gets on the puddle jumpers? Uh, yes. All right, cool. <laughs> Melvin. Melwood wears wizard's robes, right? So is he riding side saddle? <laughs> well, that that's a good question. How are you riding? <laughs> he rides normally. I wear pants just like every other man. I just wear a wonderful looking cloak. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So as you guys climb onto the puddle jumpers, Corbin jumps up on his whisper something into the lead puddle jumper's ear and all five of them hop off and it is literally like a but it's only for about three or four steps before right at the shoulder joints eagle wings spread out of the puddle jumpers and they take flight oh Feckin' Harpo's got some really sense of humor going here. <laughs> and There's they some turn... sick, sick puppies. And they turn, they turn to the west, and not too far in the distance, you do see the silhouette of a mountain chain. And in the center of that mountain chain is a very tall mountain that has kind of a oblong looped shape at its tip, at its peak. Hence why it's called the the Eye of the Needle. And takes you guys about two hours of uninterrupted flight time to reach the the foot of the the, uh, Eye of the Needle Mountain. And the puddle jumpers land in a bounding leap. (laughs) You guys get a little jostled. It's It's pretty much like riding in a car that has no shocks. Oh, perfect. <laughs> what so better you, way to land? So you guys get off and uh, start gathering your gear, and Corbin is searching around, searching around, and he whispers a couple uh, words while passing his hands over the side of the mountain. All of a sudden, you uh, I need uh, perception checks from everybody. That'll be a weapon 15 for you. All right. Oh. JRPG closed on me, so I have to pull it back up. That's always fun. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Stop it's like, Rohana got a 24, and I got a 13. All right, so you two are just mesmerized by the uh, the eye of the needle peak that you can still see, kind of obscured by thin clouds, but still there. Valhana notices that a thin blue blazing line starts tracing around the rock face where Corbin is touching, up, over, and then back down, shaping into a doorway. And soon the rock crumbles and melts and disappears. And Corbin says, it's this way. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. I guess onward we go. <laughs> All right. So you guys go in. It's pretty dark. Uh, I, I know, I know, uh, Trap Spring has the ability to see in the dark. He has, he has, uh, dark vision. Anybody else? Elven sight or? I have dark vision. Okay. One has dark vision. The elf, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the two humans, you may or may not want to light a torch because it, it's, it's, it's very low light. There's uh, the only light you see is behind you, and the further you go in, the darker it gets. Yeah, I guess a torch sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, probably should. All right, you guys spark up two torches. Okay. And as you do so, please make another perception check. Nine torches. Twenty-one with, with advantage. Seventeen for Lenny. Twenty-three. All right. And Kate. Oh, she's got twenty-four. Maybe I should start paying attention to the actual app. All right. So you guys all see, or don't see, you hear. Deep within the cavern, as soon as you spark your torches, you hear. You also hear the sound of a heavy flapping and maneuvering like it's something is banging against the rock. And the sound of the heavy breathing. Sounds like it's turning towards your direction. No. I'm going to look at the two newcomers. This is your fault. Draw my sword. Corbin Corbin reaches over and puts his hand over your hands with the sword. And says, no, no, put it away. You're safe. As safe as one can be in front of a red dragon. (laughs) All right. Well, if Corbin says so, I guess I'll put it away. He he seems to know some good magic, so. Oh, it has nothing to do with good magic. Did you all dick and quit talking so loud and start whispering? There's no point. He already knows we're here. And besides, as fire starts showing in the background and illuminating into the expanse and tunnel that you guys are standing in. Corbin turns his back to the fire, faces you guys, and says, there is only one way into the abyss. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is where I'm going to end the first episode of Four Corners of Hell. (laughs) Nice. Bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) Puns. (laughs) <laughs> puns there is only one way into the abyss <laughs> alright guys so please understand that there's going to be some things here that's going to be going on for, for the future of this story and campaign one of which that will become clear is Chronicles of, uh, of the Lost Realm will still be performing its shows weekly it's probably taking this week off but it will be performing weekly and in concurrently will we be doing the four corners of hell. 
how can we do that with two of the stumble crew members here in four corners? Very simply, they are doppelgangers. They do that. The characters that exist in four corners were separated from the souls of the people still asleep in the inn. I want to make that abundantly clear. They are still asleep in the inn. And completely okay. separated from themselves that are now standing in Kryn about to be torched alive by a red dragon. <laughs> well, so, leave it to the Raven Queen. Leave it to the Raven Queen. I wanted to make that abundantly clear so that way nobody's confused when they uh, join us for Chronicles of the Lost Realm. But we will be continuing this storyline hopefully next week. Guys... Thank you very much for joining us, and I'm going to go around the room and t- let everybody tell you where they can find where you can find them. And of course, if you're enjoying this campaign and you want to see Four Corners continue on, hit that like button, hit that share button, comment, subscribe. Let us know that you want to see where this story goes. Ray, I'll start with you. Go ahead and tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me being the chronicler and DMing on Chronicles of the Lost Realm. You can hit me up on Facebook or on Instagram under Chronicles of the Lost Realm. I also co-host on War of the Stars, uh, so make sure to check that one out. It's for all your Star Wars news and a little bit of uh, fan theory talking. So make sure to check out both of our shows. All right, and Joe? Uh, You can find me over at uh, Facebook at Joe Cahill, Director, Producer, or Steamhouse Entertainment. And I'm also one of the co-hosts on War of the uh, yeah, Wars of the Stars, so please definitely check us out there, and look forward to our next episode. And last but certainly not least, the one with the most balls in the group, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me playing Vahana in the Lost Realm, and you can find me here in Four Corners of Hell playing Vahana's doppelganger. <laughs> there you go and of course you can find me here uh pretending to be a dm at uh, four corners of hell but of course you can find me being a not black elf known as ferrante donalus in chronicles of the lost realm or anywhere on realm of the mist entertainment podcast which could be heard either on youtube or wherever quality podcasts can be heard Guys, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoy this story. It's going to get a lot darker from here because we are heading to hell. See you guys (laughs) next time.